Here we go in Jacksonville, Florida. Action Sports Jacks Pylon Podcast with Brent Martineau and Dan Hicken. And the Jags get another win. They continue to bounce back from losses, Dan. That is a beauty of a sign. Now three in a row at home, three and a one in the division, eight and four overall. Ooh, the march toward the playoffs is on. And I really like what they did today, Brent, in terms of taking care of business, right? I mean, Indianapolis is not a very good team. But I think Doug Marone set the tone early with the fake punt. It worked. They went down. They scored on their first possession, in essence. And they had a comfortable lead throughout the game. They added on to it. They played great defense, as always. And Blake Bortles, let's give him some credit. We've done this a few times this year. It's not an every week thing. No. But he's had four or five really good football games. Today was another one of them, throwing for 300-plus yards, a couple touchdowns, no picks. Pretty interesting, right? Doug Marone went for a fake punt in the preseason, of all things. Yeah. And they converted it. And now this is the third time in the regular season. Never seen so many fake punts in my life. They like to call it. They get the call, and they execute it very well. And it really did change or at least start the momentum in this football game for the Jags on Sunday. And then you mentioned Bortles. I find it interesting in a week where everybody around here was talking about Eli Manning to the Jags at some point in the near future. Bortles comes out throwing the football a ton. That was the game plan, just like it was up there in Indianapolis. And he converts. He looked very comfortable on Sunday against the Colts. He's thrown for 300-plus three straight times against Indy. You know, it is a little bit Indy. But these receivers made plays. A lot of good things happened to the Jaguars uh, on Sunday, which they're going to have to need a lot of good things to happen in December. And the receivers have not been very good this year. Part of it is because of injury, of course. The fade route that Blake threw to Keelan Cole is one of the best throws I've ever, ever seen him make. Marquise Lee made a play. We talked about playing above the X's and O's this morning on Countdown to Kickoff. He made a play that is above the X's and O's. Maybe the best catch I've ever seen Marquise Lee have mm-hmm. over the middle on a throw from Blake that was not that good of a toss. Um, we Didi Westbrook continues to show me a lot. I still think he has the potential to be you know, a really, really good receiver in the National Football League, thinking about the fact he's only played three weeks. So, and Mercedes, old Mercedes had a couple nice – one catch, he juked two guys. He did. I mean, Mercedes Lewis, 12 years in the league. So, I really thought the, the pass catchers had a really good day on Sunday. Yeah, let me bring up one more throw, too. Maybe the best throw of Blake Bortles' career mm-hmm. down the left sideline yeah. to Keelan yeah. Cole. I mean, great, nice catch, but that was in that old honey hole, right? I mean, that was beautiful yeah. throw. And I really believe, I've been saying this for a few weeks now, I think Blake is throwing the deep ball much better than he's ever thrown it. You know, I talked to Chad Henney in the locker room this week, and I said that to him. I said, hey, am I am I right about this, or am I just making it up? And he said, no, he is. He mentioned, he brought it up, his fundamentals. And that's something we all have not brought up a lot this year. That's he a good said thing. his fundamentals yeah. in practice have been extremely good. He's continued it week to week, and it's showing up in games as well. So that's a little bit about the accuracy, a little less wobbly of a football. Uh, and I, I really think on Sunday, I cannot think of a play that Blake Bortles made a bad decision. I think all his decision-making, uh, even on those multi-level routes when he's rolling out, were all good decisions. You know, something else, too. If you watch the locker room video after the game, you see Blake Bortles break him down. Um, we used to criticize Blake a lot the first couple years because of his body language. Yeah. He's become more of a leader of this football team, which I like to see, and I think that's an important part of playing the position of quarterback. So I give him a lot of credit. Like I said, we know what he is. We know what he can do. But certainly Doug Marone, Nathaniel Hackett, Tom Coughlin, Dave Caldwell – the organization is getting the 
best, the most they can out of Blake Bortles, and it shows. He's been a much better quarterback this year. And you know what? Even this year, more than his 35 touchdown, 35 touchdown pass season, he's having a better year this year because he's limiting the turnovers. Yeah, and again, it goes back to the decision. He just is in yeah. command more. He knows more. Yeah. That, that comes with maturity now. Sure. He's played 55-plus games in his NFL career. You're ready to give him the $19 million and bring him back next year. Well, I, I think there's more of a possibility of that than a lot of people believe. You now, do Eli that? Manning might be trade, hanging out You want to do that and trade for Blaine Gabbard. I know what you're up to. <laughs> not, not, not so fast. Okay. Uh, by the way, Blake had a better day today than Blaine Gabbard did uh, yes. on Sunday for Arizona, uh, at least this week. Uh, one more note, one more stat, which I think is an important one. 9 of 15 on third downs. Yes. And at one time, Blake was, I think, 8 of 9 throwing the football on third down. So that's a quarterback down. That's a down he's been miserable at over his career. And so if he can convert more. And, and where I'm going with this is he might need to convert more. Because, Dan, we continue to talk about it, but I think the running game is dead. I mean, the running game is is nowhere near alive, even against Indy. Now, Indy's been better on defense the last month. A lot of those coaches would say that today. But Leonard Fournette isn't going anywhere. You know, this used to be the cure-all game right. for your running game right. against Indianapolis. It's just not the case, which means they might need Blake to throw the football more and more the next four weeks of the year and into the postseason. You know, Leonard got that 24-yard run later. He would have been averaging under two yards a carry yeah. today. And I thought he was running hard. So that tells more me more explosiveness today. Yeah, a little more giddy up, right? So the offensive line is struggling now. Look, Colts scored ten points. We just poo-poo that away, like oh, that's just the defense, <laughs> and it's not fair. The defense played great football, but I will suggest to you, defense, Jacksonville defense, historic defense that you want to be, uh, NFL's best defense. Oh, I can't wait for a week. I can't wait till Russell Wilson comes to call it. That will be a challenge. That will be a chance to show your metal, show what you're made of, and really get after uh, a Seahawks offensive line that's not very good. It's really a one-man show with Russell Wilson. Yeah, it is. You know, we talk about this quite a bit over the last couple of years, and especially this year. You have to check off the boxes of, okay, we are gone with the ghosts and demons of the past mm-hmm. 10 years. We are now a good football team. We are, are going to be a good football team for the next however many years. This is one next week. The game flexed to 425 at yeah. home. The play should be pretty loud. It should be excited. People will come watch Seattle against the Jags. There's only three games going on in the afternoon. The Rams and Eagles are a big one, but people will peek in on this game. Seattle could be a desperate football team that week. You're right in the middle of it with the AFC South. This will be one of those check-the-box games. We'll see how grown up and just how good maybe the Jacksonville Jaguars are. It's never too early to look ahead to that one. That should be a lot of fun. And those stinking Titans keep winning. I looked at this stat, and I don't have the exact numbers, but this is an amazing thing to me. The Jags are second in the AFC in point differential, only three points behind the Patriots. They're like plus 120-something. Mm-hmm. The Titans at 8-4 and four are minus 16. Amazing. I mean, can we and get that a break? that includes a 21-point win over the Jags. That's right. That's right. So, But the Titans do go to Arizona next week. And if Arizona you know, p- continues to play hard, which they seem to be doing. That could be a real good game and a chance for the uh, Jags. But the Jags have to 
hold serve at home against a very, very good Seattle team. Got to give Mike Malarkey and the Titans credit because they know how to win in the fourth. They're they know winning. how to win late. Yeah. They've been, they have not been pretty, yeah. but they've won late. And, and when you win games, you win games. They're eight and four. Those this, idiot Texans screwed, yeah, screwed the Jacks uh, today. This really looks like it's going to come down. <laughs> I, remember, one of the teams has to be two games clear for that game on New Year's Eve not to matter. Yeah, and that is very unlikely yeah. with four games remaining in the season, um, in the regular season. We have to do one thing, Dan. Might we be have, a Sunday night or two. That could get moved to Sunday night. Yeah. Uh, remember, they leave that open right now. Mm-hmm. They don't know who they would put there. Uh, we have to give credit to two guys who you could argue, you've been around here longer than me, could argue two of the top five free agents to ever sign with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Calais Campbell broke the single-season sack record, now has 12 and a half. And how about Paul Puzlesny? Got to yeah. feel good for him. Got his eighth win. He's never exceeded eight mm-hmm. wins in an NFL season in his entire career. He's been playing for more than a decade. But he comes in and replaces Telvin Smith, who's having a Pro Bowl year. 14 tackles, one and a half sacks, I think two tackles for a loss. Just an extraordinary game for a guy who's a fan favorite, the ultimate pro, and you had to feel pretty good for him. And my favorite Puzlesny play today, I think, was him making a tackle for a loss on a jet sweep. Yes. I mean, how does Paul Puzlesny— He looked faster today. Yeah, who's supposedly slow, uh, sniff out and make a great tackle behind the line of scrimmage on a jet— He's a great pro. He's a great pro. He's been fun to cover. He's always been, you know, good to us. Um, He'll talk to the media. Uh, I it's been I bet he was rejuvenated. I bet he had a blast out there today. No doubt, two, getting getting able to play football. Two of the best pros we've seen in and that Calais locker room. Goes Calais saying, same I mean, thing. Calais is arguably the greatest free agent signing in Jaguars history. I mean, what he's done. Tony Bracken's record has stood for eighteen years, man. Eighteen. That's amazing. That shows 1999. You. That shows That's a century ago. <laughs> and that was just 12 sacks. That shows you why this team has struggled, uh, that that record has stood for that long. And by the way, Ngakwe may break Brackens and then may break Calais's this year. Amazing. Before all said and done. Keep pretty, an eye on that. Yeah, pretty good stuff. He, he should have had one today. He yeah. got a penalty instead. Yeah, um, and that was a weak call. Uh, one last thing on the Jags, okay? Let's look at the playoff picture because this is interesting. Mm-hmm. If the Jags win the division, they end up as a three seed. Right now they would play the Ravens, who are playing really good football, battle-tested in in uh, the postseason. If they don't win the AFC South, they'd be a fifth seed and have to go to the AFC West winner, it looks like. Well, right now there's a three-way tie. KC, who's playing awful football, lost right. six of seven. The Chargers, who started 0-4 and now playing are 6 Really good six, football. Dangerous. And the Raiders who I don't really think are that good, but they'd still be – you could have to make a trip to the West Coast is what I'm trying to get at here if you don't win the division. That's how important it is to win the division. And I'm begging, and I'm greedy, and I want a home game because I think it would be great for the city to see a home game in that first week of January. And you know who I don't want to see? The Chargers. Yeah, no doubt. Nobody I does. think Phillip's playing at a high level. Uh, Allen is a great receiver. I think he set an NFL record today as a first receiver in history to have 10 catches – 100-plus yards, and a touchdown three straight weeks. Wow. So yeah, they're starting to click. He's been terrific. Gordon's running the ball well, and their defense is – when you got Bosa and Ingram, uh, very good team, very good team, and, and I think they're going to win the West. I do too. They're, they are the odds on Keep favorite. winning, Jags. Get the <laughs> yeah, division. That's, why, that's really what my point was. Yeah. There's a huge emphasis on winning the AFC South if you want to make a run in the postseason. This franchise does not play well out West, and they could have to play a hot – Chargers team, if that were the case. All right, let's shift gears now. In front of 28,000, though. Well, yeah, a different little place at StubHub Center, right? Um, let's shift gears to college football. Oh. Uh, the Final Four is done. Uh, this, this almost made me nauseous talking about Alabama and Ohio State. 
uh, without even putting USC in the conversation. I don't have a problem with what the committee did as much as other people do. I, I think other people like the Big Ten and Pac-12 should have a problem with it. Uh, you can make an argument in a, in a million different ways. But for us, we've talked about this a lot already, uh, not on the podcast. This basically should come down to who do you think would win between Ohio State and Alabama or Alabama and USC. And if the committee and the coaches and the people that really know football said, we think Alabama would win, I'm fine with it. I think you can make an argument for Alabama. I think you can make an argument for Ohio State. Heck, I think you can make an argument for Southern Cal, as you mentioned. I I just am a little annoyed in that it wasn't a banner year for the Southeastern Conference. I'm an SEC guy. So in a non-banner year, in a, non, in a year where there was three good teams, do you, do you put two from the same conference in or do you put a conference champion in? Personally, me, I would have went with another conference champion. But the good news is I think this ticks off the Big Ten. I think this ticks off the Pac-12. And I think it makes those two conferences say, hey, 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 wait a minute. This ain't going to work. You know, all five conference champions deserve a shot at a national championship at the very least. And then you could throw in two wild cards and the top non-power five, and you'd have eight teams, and you'd play one more set of games. Big deal. They already play 15 now anyway. So um, it's a little bit disappointing, but ultimately, I'm not going to sit here and say, absolutely the committee got it right. It was a debatable topic. You can make an argument for any of them. Yeah, and, and to your point, if they were to go to that situation, just think about this year. You get the five conference champs in, yeah. which you could argue all should have been in sure. or could have been in. And then I think you get UCF in there and, yeah. and in that playoff, and they've earned it. Yeah. They're the only undefeated team in America, yeah. and they deserve to at least get a chance if that were an eight team. I'm not saying they deserve the four. Right. But here's how silly this is. UCF undefeated. Number one offense in the country, the big turnaround, Frost, hot guy, right, all this stuff. They're 12th in the college football rankings. Four-loss Stanford mm-hmm. is 13th. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Well, so they don't get the whole thing right. Now, again, it doesn't matter for UCF. They're going to a big bowl game sure. in New Year's Six, so it's all good. Um, but it, it just shows that it's, something's off. It, it's not completely right the way they do it right now. Well, I'll forever say, and this is the point I make, and I probably made it on the podcast last week, so I'll make it again. It's not – stop calling it a playoff. It's not a playoff. It's a poll. It's a beauty pageant. It's just four teams instead of two. It's still a group of guys, a group of fans, whomever, choosing the top four teams, in their opinion, in the country. It, there's You can't call it a playoff. A playoff has specific rules that allow you to get to the postseason. This doesn't have that. It's stupid. But you just looked up the old BCS formula. These yes. would be the top four teams under the old formula. Yes. These are the best strength of record teams in the country mm-hmm. for. So a lot of the analytics add up to these four teams deserving Correct. to be in anyway. And what I would say this to everybody that says it's not an eight-team playoff, it does feel like championship Saturday is that quarterfinal in a it lot does. of respects. Not it all does. because Alabama didn't play. They were right. home. But with the Big 12, with the uh, SEC, with the ACC, it kind of had the feel. And it's kind of played that played out that way just about every year of this thing. I would have felt a lot better about Alabama if somehow they had beaten Georgia in that in their victories. Or if but, Auburn even won, then you might feel a little better. Yeah, because everybody's saying, well, Auburn's the best team. In the, you know. Again, shake them up, spit them out. You could do it two times in a row. You could take the top six teams, play them all off. And I guarantee you'd get one national champion one time, you get a different national champion the next time, and a different national champion the third time. That's sports. It's wide open, man. Yeah, and that's sports. All yeah. right. Uh, let's real quick. Who do we think wins? Clemson, Alabama for a third straight year, which is kind of cool. And then uh, Georgia, Oklahoma. Who do you have going to the finals? I think it. I think we're going to see a Clemson, Georgia uh, national championship. I I'm not buying Alabama. 
I don't think they're as good as any Alabama teams of the past. Um, and I think Clemson's defense knows how to neutralize them. They've played them enough times. And I think Georgia will give Oklahoma fits because they can run the football, keep the ball away from Baker Mayfield, who will win the Heisman uh, next Saturday, and control control the lines of scrimmage. I think Georgia's going to get there. I don't, and, and then I think Clemson is going to win and go back-to-back. That would be something to go back-to-back. Circa like 1980-81, right? Yeah. Georgia and Clemson right yeah. there for the national championships. You know, I really like Georgia. I think they can win this thing. And I needed to see a little something from Jake Fromm. He made three throws, I thought, yesterday. He might have even made more. But I thought three of them, mm-hmm. a couple on third down, Dan, those were NFL throws. Those were Matthew Stafford kind of throws. Those were big-time throws. If he could do that more, they might have a chance to win it. i just like to tell uh, one of our fan favorites, I know Justin Fields likes to listen to this podcast all the time, and I would tell him <laughs> what you just said. Listen closely to what you just said. And make your college decision wisely, young man. Yeah, and uh, Open contact it back Dan up. Mullen. What's you have Dan Mullen's number for him? I yeah, it's three five two. All right, and one uh, one last college thought. Yeah, Mullen's in place. Yes. Now the Florida State fiasco is over, uh, and Jimbo did not handle it well. Scott Frost, it seemingly handled it brilliant. You saw the dynamic change over Friday and Saturday, although different situations because um, non-power five schools understand why a coach is going to Nebraska. Uh, I still can't get over the fact I'm a little bit in shock that Florida State lost a guy. As good a job as that is, yeah. national championship coach and Texas A&M of all programs plucked him away. Well, 10 years, $75 million. The money's out of control. I don't blame Jimbo Fisher one bit for taking that money. There are other things that have been rumored to be part of the deal. What I don't like is the disingenuousness. I don't know if that's a word. It's okay. Uh, it's a that, podcast. We can say whatever yeah, you want. Yeah, that Stuart, no? Disingenuity, maybe? Disingenuity. 1,400 that, SAT guys, yeah, correction. Yeah, oh, yeah. That Fisher showed uh, throughout the week. And that that's what bothered me. A lot of people, well, how would you have handled it? I don't know, but maybe you answer the question like, you know what, I've got a lot of soul searching to do. Right now I'm at Florida State. The word is he stopped recruiting. Yeah. You know. Might have known for months. Absolutely new for a, yes, Stuart. Disingenuousness. Disingenuousness. Think, did you say that? Yeah, that's what I said. Well, yeah, that, thank you very see, much. See, Stuart missed that, and that's thank why you. he didn't get the sixteen hundred on the SATs. Yeah, that would have been that would have been the one. <laughs> I just, I just, you know, let, let me say this: Florida State went six and six this year. Yeah, they only lost a quarterback. How interested was Jimbo Fisher? How long has he known? Jimbo went five and six. I think that's a fair question. Yeah. I, I think that's too. a fair question. I think that's part of it. I think Jimbo Fisher, and I've heard some stories, again, unconfirmed, so I'm not going to share them. Sorry, folks. But I don't think Jimbo Fisher was all in this year with this Florida State University football team. And he leaves much like he's he's sort of their version of Urban Meyer. Absolutely. Yeah. And we kind of said that last week, and yeah. I kind of feel that. Yeah. Um, listen, I'm, I'm a, I understand the business. I have no passionate – uh, rooting interest in Florida, Florida State, or, or one particular college team. So I get it with the way this business is right now, but I really f- did not feel good about the way Jimbo Fisher left town in Tallahassee. I think that's too bad. He's too good of a coach to leave it the way he did. He's probably a better person than the way he left it. I think so. Um, than that. So See his Christmas tree out on the front yeah, lawn? That was classic. Yeah, coming down below. It's amazing how news breaks now. Christmas tree out on the front lawn, right? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just he must be leaving. <laughs> He's throwing out the tree. By the way, I think – he will never win like he won at Florida State. And I also don't think Scott Frost 
Although I think he did the right thing by taking that hometown job in Nebraska. Yeah, yeah. I am not convinced he can win as big at Nebraska as he might have eventually been able to win at UCF. I know they're not in the Power Five, but uh, he was making good money at UCF. A, I know why he went, and I don't mind him going. Again, that, that's a great story. He had a, a great story. line at his press conference. They say he won his press conference today. They asked him, how is the um, Big Ten going to have to modify – you know, and he says they're going to – or how are you going to have to modify your offense for the Big Ten? He said maybe the Big Ten defense is going to have to modify how they play us. So Unbelievable Watch job. out for that guy. I think he's a winner. Yeah, 0-12, 126th ranked offense two years ago yeah. to 12-0 in first ranked offense in the country. It is very impressive. Maybe he will win at Nebraska. Maybe he's it's gonna just be fun. that good. It's going to be fun to watch. Like I said, I think the salaries are out of control, but that's just one man's opinion. They bring in a lot of money. I get it. Uh, we will update the podcast hopefully later in the week. And when we do, Florida State will likely have a new head coach. Willie Taggart is the best guess, I think. Uh, it's just I, a guess right now. I think I think uh, 90% yes, Willie Taggart. All right. I we'll think see. keep an eye out on Willie Taggart. And quite honestly, that's a guy I would like to see Florida chase after a little bit. So I'll You be mentioned him early yeah. on in the Florida process. I'll be curious yeah. to see how that works out for them. Yeah, it's a dream job for He's got Willie a heck Taggart. of a staff with him. He's got Cristobal, who's a Florida guy. He's got Jim Levitt, who's head coach of South Florida, coordinating defense. If I was Florida State, I would have Willie Taggart in already, signed and sealed. The other guys they talk about are Charlie Strong and Fuente. I'd go get I'd go get Willie Taggart and run. All right. Uh, one last final thought, and we'll, again, talk about it later in the week a little bit more. Congrats to the high school football teams going to the state championships yes. in Orlando. Reigns trying to win that Duval Public School one for the first time in two decades since they did it. UC trying to win again. I think that would be number 10 for them. Uh, and congratulations to Daryl Sutherland going for the first That's time awesome. in school history. What a great co- – only coach in their school history – very good man, very good football coach, and they are uh, on to the uh, state championship game next Saturday. And how about Baker County? It'll be a ghost town at 3 o'clock in Baker County on Friday. Jamie Rogers leading them to the state championship for the first time ever. Awesome stuff, and congrats to all of them. And, um, you know, I think they're all allegedly underdogs, but that's why they play the game, boys. Go yeah. get them. That starts Thursday, Friday, and Saturday in Orlando. We will be there for it. For Dan Hicken, I'm Brett Martin. That's your Action Sports Jacks Pile on Podcast. So much to talk about in the month of December. Have a good week.